They're sitting on a couch. It's usually just two characters or sometimes three characters. They're always talking and sitting. They're just sitting in a chair. The pacing sucks. There's no style to anything. It's so boring. From the concrete shores of Arlington, Texas, this is the Approximate Podcast with your hosts, Jamie French, Orion Quest, and Diva Powers. And uh, then he was like, do you want to come back to my room? And I was like, well, okay, I guess so. And uh, he had his gooch pierced, and it scared me. I was afraid. Because it wasn't just like a little earring in there, no. It was like a fucking bull through the nose kind of ring. Like, it was big. Jesus. It was it was uncomfortable to look at it. Hmm, That's yet, how big it was. Yet he enjoyed it. He wanted me to pull on it. Ah. Yeah, that, <laughs> that exactly was my response. was like, oh, hell to the no. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. No. Well, based on what you're telling me, I believe that um, chances are he... Um, he probably, yeah, he probably <laughs> used it, you know, whenever he couldn't hang up by his legs, they just grab him like that, like a, like a turkey and hang him upside down. That way. <laughs> See, you I was know. thinking like towel holder when you get out the shower and stuff, like nice. mm, something. <laughs> we got jokes. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've led an interesting, interesting life. Imagine how that would be in a Texas summer. <laughs> oh my God. No. Rust. <laughs> Jesus. They call me the Rust Belt for, uh, for reasons. <laughs> Rust. Jesus Christ. Get the WD-40. It's not right. Mm. Yep. And what if, it, what if it was like some bad magic trick? Like if you took rigs. If you could juggle with that shit. That's the worst magic trick. That's the worst magic trick ever. Yeah, but I mean, 60-year-old guy, three-piece suit. Look at him. You would never in a million years think that was lurking down there. And it was. It had to be. I mean, if you took, if he, let's face it, he couldn't get past airport security with that. <laughs> no, he is on a no-fly list. I'm sure. Is that a weapon? No, sir. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> In it, some states, it's just a bad life choice. God, man. Or the best life choice. <laughs> I don't see how anyone can derive pleasure from that. I wondered if he peed sitting down, because I mean, that thing was like through some stuff, like. That wasn't just a nice little through the skin. Like mm-hmm. things were involved, I'd imagine. It was big. <laughs> it was huge, as a matter of fact. Huge enough to fit a finger or huge enough to fit a hand? I would say yes. huge enough for a cigarello. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. That's pretty awful. <laughs> Thank <That'd> you. Be- <laughs> I try. You have bad habits. You have really, really bad habits. I can't help it. Your life decisions lead you to the Rust Belt. (laughs) All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Approximate Podcast. We've got a really special episode this time around. It is our 10th episode. So, yay for us. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. To uh, celebrate such a a momentous occasion, and we broke double digits, uh, we're going to go around. We're going to tell stories that uh, revolve around 10. I'm going to talk about uh, my 10-year anniversary in uh, porn because, oddly enough, not only is this our 10th episode, but it's also the 10-year anniversary of my stint in porn. So I'll tell you a little bit about that, swing it back to uh, Orion, and he has a top 10 list of his favorite drummers. He's going to tell you all about why you should uh, give a shit about these guys, Um, and then we're going to pass it to Diva, who has a list of... Her top ten favorite movies, because that's what Diva does. Yes. She watches all of the movies. Everything. All right. So, let me go ahead and start off. Yeah. Uh, by the way, how you guys doing? How you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Got Wonderful. Back from a, got Excellent. back from a gig a few nights ago. Oh, yeah? It was a blast. It was mm. a blast. Excellent. Um, Diva, how you doing? I'm good. You were dying. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was not actually dying. I felt like I was dying, but no. I had a rough week earlier this week, but it's all good now. I'm back to normal-ish. You're making it. Yeah, making I'll it. live. Good. good, so we still have a third host. I love yes. that. That's good. Thanks for staying alive. That's good for the show, I and I appreciate I your do effort. I my best. Way not to die. <laughs> Way not to die. Okay, so... Uh, 
here's the first story. Um, my 10-year porn anniversary. Uh, just say a little bit of something about how I got into porn and uh, what the past 10 years have kind of meant to me. Um, like most folks in porn, uh, I kind I started off as uh, an escort. Um, this was back around 2000, just a tail end of 2005. Uh, I'd worked the last job I had ever worked slinging pizzas for Pizza Hut. That's a oh, that shout out to shout out to Pizza Hut. I'm sure there'll be a sponsor very very soon. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I was never really good at holding down jobs. For about 10 years, from the age of 16 to 25, 26, I'd held probably about 30 different jobs. And it was it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. I'm not good with um, what they, uh, I'm not good with what they call uh, people. <laughs> uh, not great at the customer service. I'm not good with taking orders Ugh. from things of uh, bosses. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was never never my bag. And I had to find a way to not put a not just completely swallow all the bullets. <laughs> I had to find a way. I was getting to my wit's end. Well, I'm working at this pizza job, and um, I meet somebody, uh, a new employee there, that had hit me into uh, becoming an escort by way of her, uh, like, really rowdy adventures and the stories she'd tell. She kind of nudged me into trying out escorting based on my based on my look. I had always, you know, kind of looked weird. I've always been trans, but having to like kind of skate that border between being myself and not offending everybody in my life but you've always with the been way pretty. I looked. <laughs> you've always been pretty. And the, the chick at the pizza, she, she said something to the same effect and said, I should give it a try. So on a dare, I went and I, I checked out uh, some sites that she suggested, wound up on Craigslist <laughs> and ended up posting an ad and, uh, and I became an escort, and um, and it was it was <laughs> it was quite a trip. Uh, I I did it for I'd say about uh, just under a year, uh, and it was it was working like gangbusters. I'd uh-huh. never made so much money in my life in so little time, um, and I thought to myself after about a year of doing it that there had to be some sort of way to kind of parlay all this extra money I was making into something bigger and broader, something that would provide more opportunities to do the things I actually love, which is making music and making you know, movies and, and working, creating. You know, creating stuff. Um, so I thought, uh, what about uh, logical next step? Porn. What, <laughs> how do I do that? So I did a, I, you know, I just uh, used Google and I went searching God around. Bless Google. Well, all else fails Google. Uh, another, another. I'm sure they're they're chomping at the bit to be sponsors. <laughs> I don't think Google sponsors anything, uh, but especially not our show. So um, I went on Google and I I just point blank asked uh, how how does one get into porn after very zero results. Uh, I refined my search uh, by uh, going to the actual porn sites that I thought might be interested in somebody like me, scrolling down to the bottom of the page. You can always find like the company. Contact us. Contact us, company information, these kind of things. And just started trying to like attack it head on. And not getting a lot of replies, um, I figured there has to – okay – what I'm missing is what makes all good businesses work, and that is networking and connections. I have none. I have to find a way to get in and shake hands and make friends. So people that's, know you. That's the only way to get anything done. You, you can't – cold calling <laughs> barely works in telemarketing, let alone life. So what I did was I thought, well, there has to be like a back-end way. So I went looking through forums where industry people might be. And kind of trying to maybe worm my way into there. If I pass the right guy, the right picture, maybe somebody will give me a chance. That that's a logical way to go about it. Yeah. So I uh, I found I found a forum called uh, Tranny Masters, uh, which was like a really obscure, weird way of uh, kind of uh, approaching the business because it wasn't the people that made the websites or producers or directors or anything like that. It was the performers. No, it wasn't even performers. It was 
people that made money off of promoting tranny websites. <laughs> oh. uh, so it was um, it was it was a forum for people that ran affiliate programs. And that's a really esoteric, weird side of the business. It's all money making. It's all back end stuff. But it was enough. I went on there and I naively asked around. I said, "Hey, my name is uh, Jamie French, and um, I have uh, some pictures here. And if anybody knows anybody." about how to get me into porn, please somebody hit me up. I was just that blunt and stupid about it. And I posted a picture, and I didn't hear anything back for like a day or two, and then I get a hit. I get a hit, and uh, it's a guy named uh, Stephen Gallen, who's the CEO of uh, Groovy Productions. They're like the Walmart, the Coca-Cola <laughs> of shemale porn, of tranny porn. The Walmart of shemale porn. Right, exactly. No, that's exactly <laughs> what they are. So anyway, he hits me up, and he says, we'd be very interested Love that picture. What else do you got? Show us some more. Can you be in Florida in two weeks? So well, I'm in Texas. He says, yeah, well, our only photographer that we have near you is in Florida. Can you be in Sarasota, Florida in two weeks? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Come hell or high water, I'll steal a car. I'll find a way. <laughs> so I did. Uh, two weeks later, after that email, I drove. And uh, around the time of... Uh, it was in August of ooh, 2006, um, the 21st. It was August 21st. Uh, I went and I did, I spent two days in Sarasota, Florida, um, almost all expense paid. They took care of my gas. They threw a little money my way. They took care of the hotel, and they gave me $1,100 to do four 10-minute short little solo videos. And that's how it started. And, man, was I hooked. It was scary. It was weird. The day that I got to Florida, I'm thinking I'm going to meet the photographer. I'm going to, they're going to be at the hotel. Somebody's going to call me. I'm going to call somebody. Somebody will be in contact with me. Nothing. I get to Florida. I check into the hotel. They don't even know. Like I had to pay for the hotel. They reimbursed me for the hotel. But it was like, I was there for like, nobody was there for you. Nothing. Nothing. I just went there and was just making it up scared out of my wits that oh my first God, day. I thought I, I thought I thought I'd fallen for some sort of scam or something. Uh, it wasn't until like 2 in the morning where I get a text from Steven saying, oh, no, your photographer's going to be there at uh, noon tomorrow. Get some sleep. I And I'm sweating bullets, you know. Oh, my. The whole, because I got there early in the day, you know. Yeah, so you sat to be there a little, all day. Sat there all day in this hotel room and just... Just thinking, I uh, I don't have enough money to get back home. This oh is oh my god, this sucks. This is going to be horrible. It thankfully it all worked out, and it's completely changed my life from that point on. I went back home to Texas, and I figured, okay, how now? Not knowing how the business worked, I thought, oh, I'm going to get called back. Like I'll do this like once every two weeks, <laughs> and I'll just keep making eleven hundred dollars. And this is how and, porn's going to work. Yeah, now woo! I'm now I'm in porn. It's just going to work. And it's, <laughs> Oh, here comes the the riches and the bitches. Ah, paper, paper. So, (laughs) no, it didn't necessarily work out that way. Um, But I I did get some more offers, and I I, I kind of almost immediately realized I had to work on my own brand. Now that I have a shoot under my belt, if I want to not just be like a one-trick pony, I have to start making something of myself. And so I immediately started investigating how to open up my own website and then what that takes and the and how to shoot video properly and 10 years of that to this point you know has brought me here now i got two awards under my belt from the You're industry a pro, girl. yeah I, I haven't had to work a job in 10 years and it hasn't you know it's it's been a lot of ramen noodles and a <laughs> lot of sleepless nights but <laughs> By and large, good for your figure. By and exactly, <laughs> by b- bad for the heart. <laughs> <laughs> bad for the heart. By and large, uh, it has afforded me the opportunity to uh, take my friend, uh, my transition full time. Um, gave me tons of weird and wild experiences that are still happening to this day, and most importantly, it saved me from the 10 years of working as a, you know, a customer service drone, oh, which is something I, horrible. it's the whole reason I got into this. It started, you know, playing around like kind of loose with living on the margins of life is that I needed to get away from nine to five. Yes. You know, 
kind of humdrum workaday lifestyle. You're too creative for that. It'll kill your spirit. So, with a with a little gumption and a little tenacity, and, uh, and a, someone's a, stolen car, and a, <laughs> and a little sleep, um, very little sleep. I've uh, I've been able to say that I've been my own boss, which is basically the thing I've always wanted. It was never about being a porn star. It was never about placating my ego or, or feeding my narcissism or any of the it was kind about of, never about drugs. I mean, I'm except for some wine and a smoke. I've ne- it's not about drugs or anything like that. Not about being in the party scene or anything. Cause I started at 26. Mm-hmm. So I was already done having fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was not about chasing you fun. You already made those bad choices. Right. I just needed to carve out my own life that had, that resembled my parents' life as little as possible. <laughs> and that that felt genuine and right for you. Yeah, I, I found a way to make this uh, thing work. And and I play within its rules and I bend them. And it gives me a lot of freedom to kind of move about the cabin. And so <laughs> that's, that's my story about uh, how I got into porn. Um, as these shows go on and as we get listeners calling in and asking questions and... Yeah, there's all kinds of cool stories and details about the actual 10 years, but that's how I got into it. Um, So saying that, uh, let me go ahead and I'm going to, to move this along, I'm going to pass it on to Orion. Orion, you have a completely different thing to talk about. (laughs) Yes, yes. We we had a little bit of time to put together a list and... And although Kid mentioned that this is going to be a list of drummers, this is not just my favorite drummers. That's an entirely different list. (laughs) This is a list of drummers that have influenced my life and my play. This is an entirely different story. Right. Let me interrupt you for just a second. Just for any new listeners who may, this may be their first episode they're listening to, uh, Orion and I, Jamie French, Orion Quest, we're in a band uh, called This Island Earth. He's a drummer, and that's why this is <laughs> this. That's why this is pertinent. It's not yes. just randomly. He's an excellent. He's not drummer. just randomly picking drummers. Okay. Speaking of pertinent, the the podcast has been around for about about ten episodes, and I get a lot of friends. We get a lot of people from the burner line. Some would say exactly ten episodes as of the <laughs> recording of this. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny you should say that. Um, so. Uh, I get I get asked a lot of questions about what I do and my opinions towards my my colleagues here and uh, why I do the things I do and and most importantly I get questions about just about just about how opinionated this podcast is with what's going on and the and the content. Well, I've decided I wanted to do an editorial, but I didn't want to do any type of angry black man thing so i decided to do something orion's black yeah uh, you can see this on the youtube if you're listening on soundcloud orion's very black <laughs> racist anyway um a little bit um a little bit um anyway i've decided to um write something out and uh, this will be from the desk of orion quest if you'll excuse me just a moment <clears throat> I like how the the spring on our uh, mic on our mic stands is officially part of the show. Yeah. They're like the fourth host. Here, <laughs> here, hit, 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 somebody hit a spring. Yeah, see that springy, the fourth host. It, it feels like someone should say, "Bring out your dead." After that, <laughs> from the office of Orion Quest. In most cases, before you watch or hear some review or critique or editorial you may hear or read the following disclaimer. The views expressed by Knucklehead does not reflect those of its source, channel, station, or otherwise. I'm about to list the 10 drummers who have had a definite influence on my life and my drumming. Now, some of you will say that the list is unfair to women because there are no women on this list. Sex is fucking... And let's face it, women are just as good, if not better, than men, right? Well, Cindy Blackman, Sheila E., Stephanie Uhlenberg. Yes, for sure. Uh, oh, and of course, Mercedes Lander from, from Kitty. I love all of y'all, but sorry, you didn't make this list. Now, some people even say that this list isn't black enough because black lives matter. And I should, be, I should be holding it down for my contemporaries that are, that are in the hip-hop and rock game, like <laughs> Tony Royster Jr., Will Calhoun, John Blackwell, uh, Questlove. I can go on for hours. Sexist and racist is what he's saying. But not for this list. 
you're not going to like now. this list. Um, you're not going to like this list at all. For you, <laughs> it has this list has no rhyme or reason whatsoever, and I can respect that. Why? Because we live in a place where everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But despite that, I'm going to read you this list, and I'm going to tell you why for two reasons. Number one, we I have, have <laughs> we I have, have time an, to fill. <laughs> and I have an opinion, and the views expressed by me not only reflect this podcast, but are encouraged by this podcast. Why is that? Because this is my fucking show. And the golden rule is, he who has the gold makes the rules. Finally, number two, my personal favorite. This isn't about you. It never was. This is my show. This is Jamie's show. This is Diva's show. Shut the hell up! You spent all night writing this, didn't you? (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. This is my show. This is Jamie's show. This is Diva's show. Now, the day may come where you may get off of your self-righteous ass, throw a few grand at someone for some equipment, get on the WWW, and start your own podcast. And during episode one, Uh you can give us your top ten reasons why you hate the hell out of us. Please Don't worry. We'll be listening. When that day comes, you can be a boss. Hell, you can be the boss. But until that day comes, fuck off. Yeah. From the desk of Orion Quest. Yes. So, you got 10 minutes. You got a minute per drummer. <laughs> make <laughs> crack, it work. Crack an egg of knowledge over our faces. Bam. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll make this as quick as possible. Okay. <laughs> Since the dawn of men. Slow down. <laughs> slow, slow down. Uh, once again, these are, these are my you, top Springy. 10 drummers. That have influenced my play. Number 10 is uh, from France. His name is Manu Kachi. Um, he plays um, rock. <laughs> he plays in rock, jazz. He's uh, notably the drummer for Peter Gabriel as well as Sting. Um, his, uh, two tracks that you want to take a listen to that best represent his playing is That Voice Again on Peter Gabriel's, Peter Gabriel's album So and The Island of Souls from the Soul Cages from Sting. Number nine, Simon Phillips. He's an Englishman. He's rock, pop, and um, he's a world-renowned studio drummer. This is how world-renowned he is. Just some of the bands, The Who, Asia, Whitesnake, Jeff Beck, Mike Rutherford from Genesis, John Anderson from Yes, Roxy Music. He currently plays with Toto, and is, he's, just, he's just a damn awesome drummer. And the banana splits. <laughs> um. To hear, to hear two examples of his um, his work, back in the day, he did some work with Pete Townsend on a song called Give Blood from the album White City, a novel. If you want to hear anything from, from his current stuff, you can listen to any track from Toto's live current albums because he's touring with them now. And why wouldn't you? Yeah, that, good thought, Dave. Um, number eight, uh, Max Roach. He's a, he's a jazz great. He's considered one of the masters, along with like Buddy Rich, Gene Krupa, Elvin Jones, Ed Shaughnessy, just to name a few. He's played along with some of the jazz greats, um, Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, Duke Ellington, Thelonious Monk. That's just to name a few. I like him because he's a pioneer of jazz and linear drumming. Linear drumming is just the ability for all four limbs to perform four different tasks. His um, his most popular track is called The Drum Also Waltzes. Now, number seven, Carter Beaufort. He's a States guy. Um, he's a rock guy, plays with Dave Matthews. Um, he's a right-handed guy, but he plays what's known as an open-hand style of music, which means that he'll be playing with his left hand on the as a left-hand lead on the kit. Rebel. Um, yeah. yeah. Although there are many like wants. that, although although there are many like that, I consider him to be the best. Um, number six. Oh, yeah. Tracks with regards to Carter Beaufort. Um, one of his best tracks is called Tripping Billies from, from the Dave Matthews Band. I'm going I'm to let you keep like jamming through these like you are until you get to five, and then I'm going to start asking you questions. All right. Because right now... The only people that care are drummers that are going, yeah, no, I agree, or no, I don't, I don't agree with that I at think, all. I think him but, giving n- the examples is good, though. No, it is, but I want to break it down a little bit once you get to the, your top five. All right. So Let tell me, us six. Number six would be Dennis Chambers. 
All right, he's a stateside guy, jazz, but he's best known for any type of funk work. It's, he's 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 simply the he's simply the backbone of Parliament Funkadelic. Not only is he good with funk and throwing some mad grooves, he has incredibly fast hands. Any solo, any solo. These, there's one that's called the Dennis Chambers drum solo on YouTube. Watch that. He is no slouch. Now we're at our top dun, five. Dun, dun, dun. All right, who's top five? Number five, Tim Alexander. Okay, why? Uh, tell us who's who's Tim Who Alexander. He's a, he's a stateside guy from North Carolina. Um, he plays. He's a rock guy. Yeah. Um, his 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 claim to fame is through Primus. Primus. But he has also done work with uh, a country band called The Sleep of the Wheel, Perfect Circle, and at one time, at one Circle? point in time, yeah, that, that sounds a reason I can at see that. At one yeah. point in time, he did some work with the Blue Man Group. Oh, okay. Sure. That makes sense too. Um, I like Tim Alexander. Man plays a lot His of blues here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like Tim because um, the the he's really a craftsman when it comes to his work. It, his work is more thought out and prepared. While a, a lot of drummers just play off the cuff, he think he puts a lot of thought and for for work into into the to the actual drum parts. For a perfect example, um, Primus's um, "Over the Electric Grapevine." Oh, one, as far as I'm concerned, that's one of the greatest patterns that have ever existed in music. Um, number four. Give a list over here. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you needed some Thank music. Thank you, Springy. I like how you called Diva Deev, because that sounds like we run a, a morning zoo. It's... <laughs> it's, right in it's, the it's, it's OJ in the D. <laughs> it's OJQ in the D. Where um, you at? Steve motherfucking Gad. Who? And, uh, <laughs> he, 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 he's from New York. He's a jazz guy. He's What's uh, his mother's maiden name? Um, I mean, come on. Regina. What do you mean, what is his mother's maiden what name? Is, what band? What band? You got, what ab- your average listener will want to. Will, Facts. They want to hear the name. But yeah. they want to know the band so they can relate. Okay, well, try this on for size. Okay. Frank Sinatra. Too tight. Paul McCarthy. Too loose. <laughs> Paul Simon. Steely Dan. <laughs> Al Jarreau. All right. Joe Cocker. Oh, John no. Bon Jovi. The Bee Gees. Ooh. Michael McDonald. Kate Bush. And David Sanborn. And that's just some of his work. So like everybody. That's a, yeah, that, so like everybody. That is a lot of airline miles. Man. Yes. Um, <laughs> His 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 most beloved and most popular track is is Fifty Ways to Leave Your Lover ah. by um, uh, let's see Paul Simon you'll love that uh, number three now oh this oh this is where it gets mad <laughs> okay. this is where we're gonna get angry people Are number we? three okay. is Neil Peart ah, number three number wow. three why is he not why is he why? not number one that's everybody's number one how dare you sir sacrilege well, once again. This is not a list of my favorite drummers. These are two different things. In the timeline of my play, believe it or not, he came in third. And as the third person that influenced my play, he's the most influential on my play now. But he is not the first. Mm. Which leads me to the second. No, well, let's go back real quick. Let's face it. He's he's the drummer for Rush. He's also he's also the primary lyricist. Anything you hear from Rush. That's a fact that a lot of people probably don't know. Is yeah, that he's is that he's also the main lyricist? I did not know that. Oh, I didn't. Know. Okay, well, here's some other nice, interesting tidbits about Parrot. He's also a author, a book writer. Uh, he has about four books out. Okay, fanboy, shut it down. And, what about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he's also an avid motorcycle rider. He has a custom. You, re- you read that book of his that he wrote when he did the cross country. Yes, motorcycle the Masked thing. Rider. Yes, great book. Great book. See, I can remember um, things. Uh, any. Um, Anything from Rush is good to listen to, but if you want to check out his jazz skills, he there's a video of him at the Buddy Rich Memorial. I want to say around, I want to say 97. He was doing a tune called Talk Cottontail, and his drum solo's in it. He's just as badass with his 12-piece kit that he is with four. Anyway, number two. Number two. All right. <laughs> Stuart Copeland of the Police. That's, yeah. Arguably, that's strong. Arguably, in any discussion, the most influential drummer that has ever picked up a pair of sticks. If you ask any drummer his top five, Stewart will be somewhere in the list, whether it's one or five. But not only, and let's face it, bar none, he has 
the best hi-hat work in the business. You just uh, you just had some of the best mic work in the business because you knew you were getting loud and you you just lifted your you lifted your face from the mic, knowing that it would explode our listeners' ears, and it just came out perfect. That's sweet. Smell That's blue. really really good mic. That's technique. some skill right Thank there. You. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, anything from the police, but if you really want. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from the police, but my personal favorite, just to show just how much of an animal he is on the hi hat, from Synchronicity, the last track, "Murder by Numbers." I would you, would you say that he's so good with his hi hat work that if you just placed him in a room for whatever project you had, gave him a hi hat, two sticks, maybe a brush, that'd be all you needed. Yeah, P- <laughs> Peter, Gab- Peter Gabriel thought the same thing when he when he did his album. So. For Big Time and for um, Red Rain, he asked Stuart Copeland to play nothing but the hi-hat on the parts. Wow. That's fucking nice. That's that's top of the line. <laughs> but, I What's mean, the number one, Orion? That's, that, uh, that's just... Oh, oh Diva, oh, oh, you're, gets... you're fucking chomping at the bit. Oh, Arr. let's talk about movies. What's number one, Orion? <laughs> let's talk about Fuck me, you. God damn it. I don't even want to be here. Fuck all you. I want to talk about me. <laughs> I want to talk about me. But uh, I'm still I'm still on Stuart Copeland. Okay. Because guess As what? You should be. Not only, not only is he a badass drummer, but he's in... He's Hell a, of a lover. He's a music writer. <laughs> an international man of mystery. He's also. Oh, you think he's good on the hats? <laughs> um, solving crimes. He, he's he's real. <laughs> he's good at solving small crimes. When I'm not playing. Small crimes. When yeah, I'm not small playing. Ones. Classy misdemeanors. Yes. When I'm not he's playing. He's good at two things: high hats and classy yeah. misdemeanors. Yeah. That's Stuart Copeland. Says it on his business card. Yes. How does the court find you, um, Stuart Copeland? Way to be representing the defense, not guilty. <laughs> But the, uh, and then the the, you see, the whole jury is just murmuring. Stuart Copeland, Stuart Copeland. Stuart not guilty, not guilty. I had not guilty, not guilty. But I want to take a moment to point out his 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 abilities as a composer. Talk radio, my personal favorite, Wall Street. Mm. He did the soundtrack for that. That's a great movie too. Surviving the game. You know why? You know why it's a great movie? The soundtrack. Stuart Copeland. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All the legalities, Stuart Copeland handled. <laughs> Everything. Was he was so legal good. research and soundtrack. He, yeah, he's like, y'all are paying me enough. Why is that? Here are the bylaws in triplicate. Um, Highlander 2, I am David. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, Highlander 2. <laughs> we that, like to refer to that as the forgotten you're one. You're still That's talking a part about of his it. resume that he just kind of doesn't put down. TV-wise, his most popular work is for The Equalizer. Okay. What is that? I don't know. That was a cop that's, that's show, the, right? That was a, a, a show based on his life. He was solving small crimes <laughs> as a mercenary. And classy misdemeanors. <laughs> Dead Like Me. Oh, here's one for you. <clears throat> Star Wars Droids. Okay. And another popular favorite, Babylon 5. He did. He, he, and he Dead did, Like Me, did you say? Yes. That was did, a great he, show. Yes, he did the soundtrack for all that. Now, that leads us to number one. No, oh, I've been waiting for. I've been waiting a long time for this. Oh, really? Like how long? Um, about a week. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, what, what oh, that makes sense. Expecting? Yeah, I mean, we we went over this. We plan these shows very yes. vaguely. Yeah. Yes. His name is <clears throat> Adam Woods. He's mm. from England. Mm. He plays drums for a band called The Fix. Mm. Why, in the name of Zeus's butthole, would a guy you never heard of whatsoever be your number one guy? Real simple. When I was a kid, I was playing um, all sorts of R&B and what start. What was the birth of hip-hop. Um, no rock whatsoever. And one day, my brother brings a CD home, and it's called Reach the Beach from The Fix. And he told me to take a listen to it. Go put it on the tape player and take a listen to it right now. It's awesome. And I said, who, who is it? He said, it's these white boys from England. I said, oh, well, first of all, I don't care about England. And second of all, I definitely don't care about no white boys. Unless unless they're playing unless they're playing rap music, I don't got, unless it's the Beastie Boys, I don't want no part of it. Mm. He's like, well, you want to play drums, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, take a listen to this guy. I don't know who he is, but you, you need to listen to it. I'm like, why? It's nothing like what I want. He's like, exactly. You need to listen to it. It's because it's something you never heard before, and it may just change your life. And I put it in, 
And from the first track, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to play drums, and I want to play drums just like this guy. And he's the reason why I play. Not Stuart Copeland, not Neil Peart. Wow. Adam Woods, thank you for being in the fix. That's my list. Fucking A. That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, <clears throat> Diva, say things. Okay. Um, well, we were coming up with top ten lists. So Diva. I, yes. Shut up. Listen. <laughs> I will cut your face. <laughs> I will cut you. I was surprised she didn't do this while she was filing. Yeah, keep talking. Sharp nails for a reason. Um, listen. Uh just so everybody knows, Diva is a movie master. Diva spends uh, it has a lot of downtime because Diva doesn't have to work. Diva Diva doesn't have to uh, do anything except a star never does. Ex- <laughs> you watch your fucking tongue. <laughs> um, Diva has nothing better to do than to absorb pop culture, which works wonders for our show. And so she's going to tell you about all of the wonderful movies. That are on her top ten list. So everybody listen up. Diva, what's your top ten list for your movies? This is the top ten little known but great films that I've seen in the last decade, let's say. Okay. So ten is fall. Wait, is there a reason that it's a decade? Like did did your taste totally I've seen suck all these... twelve years ago? Well, it's like you know how you watch a movie and then you see that movie again like five years later and sure. you're like, This is a way shittier movie than I remember it being or this right. is a way better movie than I remember it being. Like your your taste change and then also I've noticed as I've absorbed more movies and more television and more acting and that sort of thing, that I have a more critical eye as far as what I like from a film and like lazy filmmaking, like we were just watching her. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Right, oh. of course. And there are maybe also things that you see, and I'm sure this will play into your list. There are also things you may see where, uh, with a more mature set of eyes, you say to yourself, oh no, this is a, actually, this is really bad. And that makes it great. That makes it better. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. Ta- number 10. Number 10 is Fall of the Roman Empire from 1964, and it stars Sophia Loren looking amazing through the whole thing. And um, Stephen Boyd, who that was his only movie, mm-hmm. that was it. He did this, and people were like, ugh, screw this guy. No more movies for him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And I wonder if they a put lot. a board together for that. Mm-hmm. Sophia Loren, well, we're going to have her in the next couple of movies. What's the Steven guy? Uh, <laughs> I mean, and it's so funny because, you know, Sophia Loren is like living as this Greek or Roman uh, princess or something. And I mean, every shot they have her in, she's wearing like fur or she's wearing like a giant caftan sort of thing. Wow. All things that would be wildly she's, impractical she's, in the middle of Rome, like in the right. middle of summer. And she's a monster. She's killing puppies for costumes. Oh, definitely. That's so bad. Definitely. Number nine. Number nine is Blonde Venus, starring Marlene Dietrich from 1932. She plays a mother who becomes a cabaret singer, who becomes a prostitute, who then ends up on Skid Row and loses her baby, and all this other stuff. It's great. Sounds like my type. Yeah. It's it's heavy, heavy melodrama, but it's great because they always Mm. made Dietrich play like an exotic character, like someone from Morocco or Egypt or somewhere. That's racist. It it was very racist. No, no, you're racist. (laughs) Okay. I'm fine with that. I can live with that. But she got to play a modern woman in this film, and so that's what I like. About modern her. for the time she what's was living her, in. Yeah, what time, what, what time did the film come out? Well, it was 1932, but modern for the but time. But she played it like 1963. <laughs> well, she was a woman with her own job, and her husband didn't like it, but she did it anyway. So yeah, that kinda. rebel number eight. Number eight is Female Trouble, starring Divine from 1974. It's she one, played a tampon. She got acid thrown in her face and killed a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Wait. Joe Jitsu calling Dick Tracy real acid well, thrown the, in her face. No, in the movie she gets acid thrown in her face and kills a whole bunch of people. Like that's the movie. Hold on, just a minute. Wait, but but he, he has reason to real acid. Was that real acid they threw in her face? He has, it wasn't a prop. He has a reason for concern. Thank you. Thank it you. is a John Waters movie. Yeah. I would imagine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they did also amputate a senior citizen and give her a hook for hand. So. See, that's why he asked. also not real. <laughs> Oh well then. Oh well then. But but Divine did eat shit in Pink Flamingo, so yes, and this so is, there's yeah. still a reason to ask. It's John Waters. You just never know. This is a movie that is a lot less gross on purpose than Pink Flamingos was. It was just a whole lot of gross on yeah. accident. 
No. <laughs> no, actually, it's... I don't know. It's a more accessible movie than Pink See, Flamingos. Okay, so is this the part where John Waters becomes a parody of himself? He's like, I'm known for doing gross stuff. So let's... let's. Uh, no, I mean, there was child abuse let's and Let's fake gross stuff because that's my thing now. All kinds of crazy bullshit in that movie. I mean, he wasn't trying to sanitize it like Serial Mom or Pecker or any of those movies. Those were, you know... No, not trying to sanitize it, but trying to play up on his, how, his public persona. Well, it was John divine, Waters, so it was still really raw. Yeah, it can't control a, no. a power house 400 pound hurricane, elizabeth like taylor divine. clone like yes <laughs> okay but it makes sense sometimes you just have to let the reins go yeah she's gonna be you just you just document the happen. hurricane you, you don't direct it you can't control it you can only hope to contain it <laughs> um number seven is my own private idaho from 1991 starring river phoenix and counter reeves back when counter reeves was cute this was like right after the whole bill and ted thing oh you're so, you're 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 uh young counter reeves yes like when he still had the long hair. Ah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Gotcha. And coincidentally, I have t- I have had my hands where Keanu Reeves has had his hands. So technically, by proxy, I have touched River Phoenix's junk. No, you haven't. Number six. Um, Wasp Woman, starring Susan Cabot from 1959. What is that? It's about a woman who uses wasp hormones to stay young and beautiful forever. And eerily enough, her real life was like that because she got addicted to taking hormones to stay young. From wasps? No, just oh. from doctors. Same See, I have reason thing. to ask because I'm still thinking about John Waters. <laughs> and her son was like a short person, and so she got him all these hormones to try to make him taller, and he ended up losing his mind and bludgeoning her to death with a barbell. Okay, so everyone, instead of watching Wasp Woman, go wiki the, the fucking actress. Susan Cabot. <laughs> Susan Cabot. That's the movie you want to see in your brains. But it's so, it's so crazy because the movie parallels her life so much, and it was unintentional at the time because no one knew that's what would happen, but... Mm. Yeah, I'm sure he would have chose cardio over the <laughs> over bludgeoning his mother. So uh, it, it, we're uh, so we take insect movies and we say uh, Wasp Woman versus the Fly. She actually has the more horrible story. Oh, definitely. Okay, definitely. everybody, Wasp Woman, go check it out. Number five. Number five is Girls Will Be Girls, starring Varla Jean Martin, Coco Peru, and I forget the other one's name. It's drag queens. They're ba- it's basically all about Eve. But what what done, year is this? Um. Girls Will Be Girls is from 2003. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And it's basically, you know, all about Eve, but with drag queens. And, I mean, you know, it's the usual gay cruise humor kind of stuff, but it's really funnily delivered because these people are, like, well-known celebrities in the drag community, been doing it for decades, like, and so they're really funny. Gotcha. Um, number four is Jiminy Glick and Lala Wood, <laughs> which I know how you feel about Jiminy Glick. I know you don't care for that. Well, well, no, hold on, hold on. No. How do you feel about Jiminy Glick? <laughs> <laughs> but I think my problem is with the delivery. I think Martin Short's delivery of the character is almost so dead on that the character is literally annoying and that you can't see past his characterization to get to the joke. But that's, you know, maybe I'm looking at well, it Well, in the movie, he has a great supporting cast of, you know, Jan Hooks and a whole bunch of other people that are, uh, Victoria Jackson, people that have been doing comedy for a long, long time. And I think that the combination of the people that he's got as supporting cast in the movie make it a better character and a better movie than it would be on its own. Like the show, Jiminy Glick, right. not so good. Not so good. The movie, wonderful. Gotcha. Rare case of a skit being a good movie. <laughs> Um, number three uh, is... So lessons could be uh, learned by Saturday Night Live. Yes. Okay. Although, it's Pat is a work of genius. I will maintain that till the day that I die. Hey, how about you go and do that? Uh, number three. Uh, Freeway, starring Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland. And this was uh, Reese Witherspoon before she was, like, famous. Like, this is her first adult role in an adult movie where she gets to swear and kill people and do drugs and be crazy and all of that. And that's why you like it? It's just because she's in a serious role? Or? It's, it's amazing to see her do that role because you know I know what the rest of her work is going to be like and oh. how formal and stiff and formulaic she's going to be as an actress. So it's so interesting to see that. And see it so differently from what she does otherwise. Nice, nice. It's almost like she could have had a really good career being a good, solid actress doing dramas and crazy stuff like that. But she does this rom-com stuff and it's just 
the same thing every movie. Make the ugly elf you know, face and you know say what? something cute. Qual- and, ugh. Quality is hard. Paychecks are easy. That's true, and she do get paid. I will agree with that. No, uh, that's from 1996. And number two is Vegas in Space from 1991. I'm not interested. It's a trauma product. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> it's a trauma product. It is about um, three drag queens trying to go stop an illegal I'm, 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 drug. I'm sensing a theme. Well, the reason that this movie made the list is because when I was like 10, I was watching USA Up All Night with Rhonda Shearer. As you ought to, yes. The lady that invented the Abra, by the way. Which the what? The Abra. Haven't you seen the infomercials for that? It's like a, it's like a, a sports bra. You're losing our audience. <laughs> but she invented that, and it's the most widely sold bra in the entire world. Wikipedia Abras, because that's the impetus of this movie. That's yeah. But I saw it when I was like 10, and I thought, this is the worst movie I've ever seen, and yet it's amazing. And even as an adult, I've seen it one more time since then. And it's one of the most awful movies I've ever seen, but it's so great because they're trying so hard. All right, so tell us number one. What's number one? Okay, number one is Showgirls from 1995. And I have reasons. I have reasons for this. Yes. What is it? (laughs) With his with his lesbian uh, booby fetish, yes. Paul V. Heaven, Hoopin, Heaven, Paul Vanderforen, or something. But it's important. It's important. This is your number one pick. So let's establish fucking RoboCop. RoboCop. No. No, no, no. no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm trying to let people know the director's credentials and how far they have fallen for your number one. Showgirls is so bad. Showgirls is so bad that nothing he has done before or after ever cancels the badness of that out, ever. Um, Okay, okay, okay. So Showgirls, why? Okay, first of all is the fact that they've got the girl from Saved by the Bell starring as a stripper. What's her name? Um, Elizabeth Berkeley, I think is her name. See, you know, that's it, yeah. Yeah, they've got her starring. The one with the drug problem Um, on Saved by the Bell. Yes, the one with the caffeine problem that was so scared. Yes, her, yes. Yeah. So she's the stripper, and I mean the hot one. I thought she was the hot one because the other girl was just pumpkinhead. Yeah. And then <laughs> and there was Kelly, who was a bitch. Yeah. Wait, isn't Kelly the pumpkinhead one? There's a brunette. There's, there's yeah, the pumpkinhead brunette, and then caffeine, there's the and then black there's one, the black, and the black, one, Orion, the black one. Racist. Well, that's what one. she. That, that's how they did her on that show. <laughs> they never let her date a white guy ever once. You know what? I take it back. She was. She was actually. On behalf the hot of her. On behalf of her. You're all just a bunch of Harper Valley hypocrites. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I thought that uh, fucking caffeine was hot was because of fucking showgirls. Because I like those fucking blue tights that she wore. Yeah. She was all sweaty and wet and, and shiny. And the pole. The, uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. the way she had fucking, uh, the fucking like monkey sex in the pool. Oh my God. <laughs> I love how when she dances in that movie, every move is like, uh, 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 like she's angry about so it. So hard. <laughs> it's so funny. So no, there's that. But, uh, stay by the bell. Black one's hot. Go ahead. So there's, there's that, <laughs> and like the part where the, where she gets the vest from Versace and she comes in the next day and she's like, thanks, it's Versace. Like, <laughs> that is genius. It's so bad. Wait, wait, wait. Was that on purpose yes. or was that like clueless yes. when... Uh, no, it was on purpose. He wrote that you, into the script. It's Versace. Okay. But do you know the thing I'm talking about in Clueless? Where Alicia Silverstone, she's giving the speech in front of her class. The Hadian thing? And she, yeah. And she yes. Says, yeah, and she, that was, she didn't know. <laughs> but the director kept it in because that totally plays into the it's character. perfect, yes. But you're saying the other one was on purpose? Oh, definitely, So yes. they worked harder for a joke that didn't land. Yes. Every, <laughs> and it's funny because every time, like, that, you know, someone brings up Versace, I'm like, it's Versace. <laughs> and... You know, what, the I'm whole, the from whole now on. thing that she does like that. I do that in my real life sometimes. That's, I just want to punch that like, scene. I love that. The sex in the pool, too. Oh, my God, where it looks like she's going to drown. And he's like banging her into the side of the pool. And she's just like, ah, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's too much. I love it. Yeah, you're, you're, I feel, you're not wrong. I feel violated just from the description. <laughs> You should. I oh, think I'll. And Gina Gershon's in it. And Gina Gershon. Here's what I don't like about. Okay, we're talking about good bad movies. Your list is mostly comprised of good bad movies. <laughs> yes. Here's here's the thing. If if we establish that a good movie is people that are trying to make a good movie, I would say that they, they were tr- they weren't trying hard to make a good movie. They were being too serious. 
Well, they and were, that's yeah. that's different from trying hard to make a good movie, because that's that's still bad. That's that's a whole different subset uh, subset of kind of the way you're approaching something. Well, it's not that they wanted to do something good. It's that they already had the confidence that they were doing something good, and they thought they would play it serious to a T. And so I don't even know if that falls into good bad. Well, I th- for competent me, bad. Each one of these movies has something that's exceptionally good about it. Among all the bad stuff. Well, I, I say I say competent bad because it's 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 like craft wise, it's a well made movie. The cameras and the lights are where they're supposed to be. You know, the you can't see the boom mic. The, yeah. the dialogue is delivered nice and clear. It has a soundtrack. It looks like a movie. It acts like a movie. It smells like a movie. But somehow it's not a duck. I get you. <laughs> Well, like, look at Andy Warhol's movies. They all looked great, and they were interesting concepts, but they're all horrible. The acting is horrible. You the writing is oh, horrible. Oh, that's a whole different podcast. You can't... Shut up, phone. My phone just went off because we're professionals. Cut off your um, phone. Cut off your phone. <laughs> Cut not, off your phone. I would, but it's all the way over there. I can't reach. Read. bitch. I can't. Reach. Cut off your phone. <laughs> no, I got a point to make. Uh, we got. We will talk about things like Warhol's efforts another time. Yes. Simply to say this. Simply to say this. You can't judge Warhol off the content alone. If you're watching his films as films, you're not watching them right. You can't watch a Warhol film for the content. You are watching a Warhol film for the effort. For not not the effort, but I do it but for the, for the approach. Strictly. For the approach, it's why he did it. That's not that's important. It's not what was captured. Well, I that's mean, important. more like the movies he made with Paul Morrissey, like Flesh for Dracula. Or we for Dracula. already went over Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna do. Yes, you are. Do yes, that. yeah. Paddock on the streets of <laughs> London. <laughs> Paddock with the streets of Andy Warhol. <laughs> that's enough of that. So that's your number one. Yes. Strip girls tease. What? Yes. What is, uh, <laughs> bad monkey it's pool sex. 1995 showgirls. Bad monkey pool sex. Caffeine. Yes. <laughs> and and Kyle McLaughlin with a horrible wig. That sounds like a that sounds like a Beck uh, a Beck lyric. <laughs> Kill the headlights. Put them in neutral. Two motherfuckers having bad monkey pool sex. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's uh, the truth. I don't know, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you are not. <laughs> this is the time of the show. Quick, what's the password? Bad monkey pool sex. <laughs> Where I let a Ryan keep going. That's the time of the show. It is. <laughs> Seriously, seriously. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. This minute brought to you by Ritalin. Yeah. Cheesy, crazy. Yep. So, uh, we have a burner line. It's called uh, The Burner Line. (laughs) You can reach us at 817-673-3704. Leave a text message. Leave a uh, voicemail. And we will listen to it. And uh, probably forget. But if we do remember, we'll address it on the show. <clears throat> and so again, that number is 817-673-3704. That's the burner line. Call up the show. Uh call. speak speak yes, call. Speak your mind. Uh 817-673-3704. Do it. Call. Do it. All right, Ryan. I believe you had something to say. Bad monkey pool sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Diva, you got any uh, any plugs? Um, no, no. Okay, so uh, I don't have any plugs either, and this has been the Approximate Podcast. Everybody shut up and go away, and thanks for listening. Bye.